Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. Our Christmas live show later this week is sold out, but details of our Six Nations shows are on the way, so keep an eye out on eventbrite.co.uk and our social media for those. And don't forget, we've got Stash for sale now as well if you're looking for Christmas present ideas. So just head to 80.club forward slash the Rugby Pod if you're interested in t-shirts with uh, the likes of Dissect That with an open cloth and Don't Upset the Fish Cart. And of course, Jim's favourite, Hell of a Bush. Hell of a Bush. I've got those printed on them and uh, other RugbyPod merchandise is on there as well. Thursday morning is the deadline for getting your orders in by Christmas, so make sure you get in quick. It's been made in Scotland, isn't it? That's why it's the deadline. Is it? Well, it's probably China or Indonesia. I don't know. Um, what's, what's the difference with Scotland on Thursday? Are you getting all political? Why? What's happened? You're not having your independence. Hey, I, what do you mean? It's not, well, independence stage is July 4th. What are you on about? <laughs> there we go. How are you, boys? Well, Jim, you sound ill again. I'm croaky. I've got... Hey, I'm just getting on. Don't moan about it. I've mm. got a sore throat. Me glands are up like testicles, but you know, it's just the way of the world. You got four kids. One oh, gets ill. It's always the kids' fault. Mm. Well, whose other fault is it? Whose other fault? Who's? It? I, can't, I can barely speak. <laughs> um, but no, very good. Uh, had a chilled weekend. JJ had rugby again. How's his rugby going? All right. Smashing people. Um, he's dropped off the tackles a bit, which oh, I ain't too happy no. about. Yeah. Tackling in the garden. Tackling with the, with his hands. And I said, mate, you got to tackle with your shoulders, he not said, your hands. He said, Dad, I watched you. You tackle with your sponge fists. No, mate, he's watching me on YouTube, mate. Yeah, and sponge I said, fists. you need to get off there. So I've had to put a sensor on it at home. Yeah, so I was at the rugby on Sunday with the whole family. So I, I literally, I didn't look at once. I looked down at the grass for the majority of the time, trying to look after one of the twins. But as you can hear, throat's croaky. It's that time of year, isn't it? It's Christmas flu season there's an epidemic at the minute but i'm just getting on still did you training up to edinburgh at some point oh yeah sorry i did that as well oh there, there's probably more of a reason than why i've got a croaky throat it isn't just the weather it isn't just that there's a flu epidemic going around i was in edinburgh on wednesday and thursday we were recording a podcast for doddy weir called the doddcast myself and producer tim were up there jill douglas kenny logan that's going to be out sometime before Christmas. And anyone who knows Doddy Weir's story, it's an unbelievable story. There was a documentary this week on BBC. I don't want to ruin it if you haven't seen it, but anyone who is living should watch it. I was going to say rugby fans, but it's wider stretch than the rugby fans. But we recorded a podcast called The Doddcast on Wednesday and Thursday. Then flew down to Birmingham, had my annual Christmas event with all the Kovskins. Oh, dear. At the Birmingham German market. I don't know what Birmingham has to do with Germans, but das ist gut, das ist die ich bin scheiße schief. The Germans are coming, yeah? Das ist the, so I can speak German, I said it before. Das ist der bloppy schlavi die schlavi, der einen Kukataschen deschlaschen. That means the dog has dog biscuits in his pocket or something, or the man has dog biscuits in his <laughs> or pocket. Or something. I Very helpful. I don't think that. Someone's going to translate that and send it to us over social media and go, Jim's talking shit again. Das ein Scheisen. Anyway, the 10 Kovskins has now gone down to three. What? So there were 10, there are now three. What happens in life, and a lot of the listeners will know, the millions of you out there will know, once you get married and you have kids, your life changes. Your life as a man is no longer yours. It becomes your wife's. So she dictates whether you can go whether you can stay and whether you can go out and whether you can't stay. Did you get the green card then? Mate, I rule the roost. <laughs> Do you actually? You, no. rule, you rule the roost when you're in the car on your own. That's what I say. I get two or three passes a year and, and this is the annual one. So I was with FNL Mike and I was with Kovskin Jace and I put a picture on social media. Hanging. As you do. Of Absolutely your life. hanging. A lot of interaction. Is that FNL Mike? P.S. Where's your mate's ear gone? So Kovskin Jace has only got half an ear. I don't know if you picked that up on social media on the story. You only get about five seconds unless you put your thumb on it. So he's only got half an ear. How'd that happen? Well, 
Scrappy dappy do. Wow, it was a scrappy dappy do, which was not our fault nor his fault, and it was the cause of a night out in Coventry. We were all in fancy dress because that's what we used to do back in the day, lads. Kovskin Jace was dressed as a toilet. We had Batman and Robin. I was dressed as um, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle with a, you know, you get the kids' sand things that they play in the plastic tubs. I had one of them strapped to me back that, with a rucksack. So we're obviously <laughs> <laughs> face painted green. I looked absolutely awesome. So next thing, we're, we're in Icon, Diva. And he's a toilet. He's a toilet. Did you piss in the toilet? This is the story. So Batman and Robin come, in, come running over to me. I'm at the bar. Jace is dressed as a toilet. Obviously, someone's pissed on him. The next thing, something's kicked off. So Robin's gone flying in. Batman's gone flying in. Naturally, they've gone to get Michelangelo, who's at the bar. I've come over. Next thing I know, the toilet's pissing blood. I was like, what's happened? He's like, someone's bit me, bit me, bit my ear off. He got his ear bitten off. So someone's bit his ear off. Next thing, the alarms go off in Icon Diva. The lights go on. We're now searching for the toilet's ear. We're now searching for Jace's ear. The toilet's ear. We're looking for about an hour. Someone swallowed it. Someone's eaten Jace's ear. Someone's, I mean, you talk about culture and you talk about life experiences. There's one for you. I mean, I'd never want to experience that sort of life. Do you call him 18 month? What? It was a year and a half, isn't it? Year and a half? Year and a half. There I get it. No, we, mate, they wouldn't get that. Mate, no. I'm the smartest one out of the Kovskins. If I ain't getting that, no. they ain't getting well, that. We, I used to play with Barry Davis, actually. Do you remember Barry Davis? Well, Fullback, yeah. No. We do. Uh, <laughs> Played with him at Breve. He had a ear and a half as well. We used to call him 18 months. Get it? His was an accident, though. He got his ear bitten off. I've got a few funny stories about the cough skin. Shall oh. I share a couple more? Yeah, go on. From Birmingham or well, just life? J- just general life. Yeah. Well, because we call... We, so we've got FNL Mike. We've got Kovskin Jace. What do they call you? Uh, just Big Jim. I mean... Well, I tell them what I call. As I said, like, you know, I tell them straight. You say, call me the legend. This is what it is. So we've got Kovskin, just Kovskin. So everyone wants a bit of Kovskin in that they want an association with that. Now, Kovskin came from when we were at Leicester with Darren Garfield. Yeah. We used to call him Kovskin. His skin was falling off everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Poor bloke. Um, so the Kovskins wanted to be called this because they were from Kov. So when we were younger, we're on, a te- we're on a group, a WhatsApp group, as many of people are with their friends, called Tattoos Gone Wrong. Anyone seen me? I've got some unbelievable tattoos. I've Samaj. Got some, I've got Samaj under my arm. Meant to say James. Had it done in Jerusalem. They spelled it the wrong way. Don't know why I got Arabic. I'm not Arabic, as my dad told me. Anyway, so I've gone to Berlin with the Kovskin. And because Kovskin Jace has got 100% Kovskin tattooed between his shoulder blades, Kovskin's taken offense to this. So he's wanted to have it somewhere where more people can see. So he's got it on his forearm. So we've gone out in Berlin, two, three o'clock in the morning. We found a tattoo shop. He's like, I'm going in, Jim. I was like, Get in there. So I'm saying, mate, get in there and get that tattooed. You're, you're that bloke, aren't you? I'm telling him, yeah. You're that bloke. I that... told him I'm getting it done if he gets it done. Yeah, you're such a <laughs> shit bloke. It's a really good idea. Go and do it now and then you can't change it. So he's in the, in the anyone who's had a tattoo, they are painful. You've got to be hard as fuck if you want to have one. He's lying there getting one done and he is in agony. He holds it up to me about five in the morning. He's like, mate, what do you think? I said, it says cushion. <laughs> it's meant to say Kovskin. And it says cushion. <laughs> And for the rest of the weekend, he's like looking at it. I can see him looking at it. Walking to the bathroom, he's there looking at it in the mirror. So, Kovskin, a.k.a. Cushion. Is it still cool? Is it, does it look like Cushion? It looks like Cushion, but now it's smudged a bit. It looks a little bit like Cousin. How's it smudged? Well, just the way, you know, just through the wear of life. Really? I thought tattoos just stayed as they were until no. you get old and wrinkly. No, they don't. Oh, I haven't got any, so I wouldn't know. Goody, you were in Belfast. How was that, mate? What do you know? What oh. happened? Um, I know what happened. What happened? Quiet night, apparently. Um, well, it was good fun, actually. A couple of Guinness and blackcurrant, which, you know, was 
Went down a lot better than I, th- I thought people would accept it for. Did it slide down in Belfast? Oh, it's, I mean, it's so smooth. And basically, people people come at me for having Guinness and blackcurrant. They're like, oh, it's sacrilege. You can't stick blackcurrant in a Guinness. And people disrespect my gustatory abilities. You what? Again. My gustatory abilities. Your gut. Gustatory abilities, James. They're second to none when it comes to Guinness and Black. It, yeah. means, it means guts and arteries. That's no, what no, it no. Means. Guts and arteries. It's basically <laughs> sen- my sense of taste. And yeah, so we. What did we do? We were um, a little bit awkward, actually. Quins were in the hotel, weren't they? Okay. Um, so uh, land and, and get to the hotel. Darren Cave, to be fair to him, absolute legend. Arrive at the hotel. He stood there in the doorway with two pints of Guinness on arrival. Uh, he's had that. Then went upstairs to get changed. What a welcome! Yeah, what a legend. Um, came back downstairs uh, as I come back downstairs uh, Ishmael the winger gets in the lift fuck me he's massive I was like alright mate how you doing he just looked at me as if I was some fan I was like, oh no 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 I hate Quinns <laughs> <laughs> uh, they go down to the bar and there's some of the Quinns management in there frosty shall we say were they? Well, they're ba- one of them said to me he said uh, why has Jim got so much hatred for Quinns he's like he's always bagging us healthy, so. healthy, healthy rivalry and what coach said, said that and, and he said well you know Goody, because Who's he? He was one of the uh, one, oh. one of the management. Oh. I, don't, I don't know what job he does. To be fair, um, <laughs> the kit, let's say the kit man. No, kit, man, be, kit man's a good bloke. He's it, from Cov. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. But he was like Jim's. Such, well, yeah, what's his issue with Harlequins? You know, out of order, and obviously you're guilty by association. And I'm like, listen, Dave Ward spat on him. Let's just fucking get to the bottom <laughs> of it. Um, so we had a few Guinness, and then Tim turns up, and he had a load of work to do. So we dragged him out for a few beers, and um, we had a fun night. Actually, it's interesting though. So Darren Cave. You told me this. You had a Jim Hamilton moment, didn't you? And my pimpy one. My pimpy. Well, we're out in Belfast and Cavey's like, this is, you know, I'm, they call me DC13229. I'm like, right, well, you've gone. Explain. What's 229? I, I want to start off with DC13 because DC is Dan Carter. He's like, no, no, no. DC in Belfast is Darren Cave. Everyone knows it. And 13, I'm like, why are you putting 13 behind your name? So normally it's 22 or 23. I said, what's the 229? He's like, mate, I am Ulster's most capped player. I said, so... When we go out tonight, you will be carried along the streets. You'll be everyone will think you're an absolute legend, like Jim in Edinburgh. Well, but, uh, you know it. Yeah. Okay. All right. You. Are, yeah. Well, that's because they're like, "Who's the freak?" Um, anyway, so we're going along. We're walking along the street and end up at this bar that he's booked. He's like, "Lads, lads, lads! I've, I've booked this bar." You know, I know the owner, so he's going to let us in. He's got us a table. Yeah, he'll probably get free drinks all night and all this stuff. I'm like, "Mate, fucking hell! You're a legend, KV. Anyway, he gets to the door, bounces like LA gents. He's like, oh, Darren Cave, DC 13229. <laughs> and I'm, I'm there thinking, I'm literally about to walk straight past the guy. I'm with Cave, mate. He's a legend around here. Bouncer's like that. No, mate, you're not coming in. I was like, mate, he's Ulster's most capped player, 229. And is like, oh, no, the owner. I oh, know the owner. And he, so he said the owner's name. The bouncer's like, never heard of him. <laughs> I'm like, Cave, you promised the world and delivered nothing at the minute. So he phones the owner. You know, you do that phone call. Goes off. He phones the owner. But you don't ring anyone. Well, no, he did. He actually phoned the owner, handed his phone to the bouncer. He basically said, please, can you just let us in? Please, please, please. I've got Goody with me. Oh, if you've got Goody with us, let him in. And exactly. That's what happened. So <laughs> I'm a massive fan of the rugby pod. So when you go and we're in the bar and, you know, people just kept coming up to me and asking me for pictures. And I'm like, do you want KV in it as well? And then they're handing the, pic- the phone to KV and saying, KV, can you take the picture of me and get- love the pod? Um, and that's how it carried on, really. Poor Cavey. And this one bloke who was a massive fan of the pod, massive fan of Darren Cave, was like, let me buy you a drink. Is he American? Yeah. So the barman comes over and he's like, can I get four bush whiskey? I'm like, you what? Four bush whiskey. And then for the rest of the night, Darren Cave's getting his bush out. And you talked about six months growth. I've sorted mine. He's just had a kid. He's about nine months growth, I reckon. I'm like, Darren, put it away. Come on. Uh, so we had a good night. Tim had to go back to the hotel to do some work. We tried to kidnap him. He had a... 
what did you say about 12 o'clock he wants to be back at the hotel stayed out till two lad did he go to bush yard as well uh tim was like it's growing all the way up through his t-shirt and through his chest so. oh gosh and how was the rugby in belfast goodies you uh yeah i mean it, the game was kind of a, quite a surprising game actually i thought a lot of people thought so we were with Stevie Ferris on co-coms and side of the pitch. And anyway, so we're chatting to Ferris. He'd just come back from Dubai, um, landed late on the Friday night and came to the game on Saturday. And we're chatting to Ferris. And I was like, mate, we went out in Belfast last night and good night. But KB's going around calling himself DC13229. Is that true or not? He is the top appearance, or so he says, record holder for Ulster. And then he never mentioned the fact that he's only the joint most record appearance maker for well, it's Ulster. it's nothing then, is it? So it's Andrew Trimble. He's also 229. So Ferris is like, mate, he only, Ferris is harsh as well. He's like, he only played when uh, everyone else was playing for Ireland. But no, Cavey's actually a legend. He showed me a video of him getting back in his house. You know, he's got some security camera at his house. And he showed me the video the next day of him. He'd gone to McDonald's, taken a load of food home with him, lost his keys, and his missus had to come and let him in. That's that's the worst thing, isn't it? When you're trying to get in and you think you're being really quiet and you're banging the door and what time you've, you lo- get in? you've lost your I got keys. in at one. <laughs> got in at one. So, minute past five. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, it was good, and the game was interesting game actually because obviously, yeah, speaking to Ferris and a lot of the boys at the Kingspan, Ulster are unbeaten. I think it's fifteen months, so it's, it's now seventeen games on the spin, and everyone was sort of thinking that Harlequins—they've not been great on the road. They've lost their last seven games on the road, um, and everyone thought it'd be fairly comfortable victory for Ulster, twenty points to ten, or you know, twenty-five ten, or something like that, and then. The result of the game, the best team won. But you're looking at that game and Quinns will be absolutely kicking themselves. They were nine points up with 15 minutes to go. And they were, you know, soaked up a lot of pressure. Ulster played a lot of the decent rugby and, you know, bombed a few chances. But you don't put a team away like Quinns with someone like Don Brandt, who single-handedly kept them in that game. He was phenomenal. He's just got better and better week on week, hasn't he? Yeah, I I love Don Brandt because he's a, I mean, they call him Unibod, but... He carries big. He work, his work rate's phenomenal for a big fella. You know, they're all talking about stripping fat away from him. Just let the boy play. Let him do what he does. Um, he was he was awesome. And Quinns get nine points up, and you're thinking, Ulster panicked a bit. They took a lot of their big players off, emptied the bench. You're thinking you're, we can't get anyone on the podcast again from oh, Ulster. I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, we've had Cooney on. I've, you know, I've talked him up, and he wanted me to get involved and give McCloskey a bit of abuse, and I did. McCluskey yeah. was good though, weren't he? he? Played, well, I gave him a match. Mate, kick up the arse, that's what yeah. I... Yeah, I well mean, done, you're Cooney. welcome. Things happen. Cooney comes on the pod, talks about McCluskey. We talk about McCluskey. He gets man in the match. Cooney kicks the winner. But McCluskey's chucked one into touch. It wasn't really his fault. Uh, Gilroy came on a on a switch line when he probably should have stayed on the outside. But I'm giving him a bit of banter. I said, oh, you know, on, on comms that Cooney will get stuck into him next week. Next minute, they turn the ball over. Crossfield kick from Billy Burns straight into McCluskey's hands worldy of an offload to create a try <laughs> and I'm like and Cooney will be no doubt giving him big raps for that one as well but yeah if you quins your nine points up you know they rode their luck a bit then hit them on the break with two quick tries and then big drive them all from, from Ulster to, to get them back in touch within touching distance two points behind and then Thavon Barty oh my pen what are you doing tackling someone without any he ain't even got anyone near the ball um, and then Cooney my old cojones steps up and it's windy windy day and it's straight in front and you're looking at it. if you're on the TV watching it you go and he should slot this 10 times out of 10 but mark my words 45 metres out the wind was all over the shop to win a game that's a big kick and knowing that your record of you know the 16 games on the spin is on the line if you miss it 
Cooney's a he's some player, isn't he? Well, that could be the difference for him for Ireland as well. The fact that he is such a good kicker under yeah. pressure as well. Yeah. So, so it's a big win for them. It's just Quinns is you just don't know what you're going to get. But why, was, why are you so happy they lost? Why have you been horrible to no, Quinns? Because I like Ulster more. Oh, okay. Um, you know, but for Quinns, that that just shows how good they are when they want to be. They're a team that just pick and choose. Unfortunately, they're horrible. Yeah, look at their back run. They could pick. They've got Gonovo now fit. Who's on the bench? Oh, I forgot he was there. Yeah. Ishmael's a unit on the other wing. Uh, the toy, he's, I mean, he's class, isn't he? Yeah, England? He, no. No? No. No, he's raw, mate. He's, he's, Ibatoy is, is exciting, but if you watch him, he carries the ball in one hand a lot of the time. He gets turned over a fair bit. Defensively? Um, all right? Yeah, all right. There, there, I, there was nothing there that you'd say you can't play international rugby because of that, but it's one game that I've, I've looked fairly closely at him. My favourite player, though, for Quinns is Saeeli. Mm-hmm. Gets you go forward, great hands, great footwork, powerful. I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't play more. Pick him every day of the week. Did you guys watch the Manchester Saracens game? It was a bit of a bit of awful conditions, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Did you say it? No. Um, I, I did. did in the lead up to the game. I don't know if you saw Graham Roundtree's interview that he did on BT Sport. Oh my ears! I love Wig. What a bloke. Yeah. And again, we know he listens to the podcast, and we're not just saying this. He is what you would class as a proper rugby man. And that's what he spoke about in his interview. He's gone to a proper rugby team in Munster. I think the fit for him is fantastic. He said it feels like he's been there for a, a long, long time. Mm. And they'll love him as well because he is a rugby man. Yeah. And Munster is one of the best rugby teams. So it's a lovely fit. And he was obviously chatting about the Saracens game, knowing that they're, they're a good team. Then Saracens in the lead up to the game picked a slightly weakened team. Yeah, disrespecting the competition. Areas sat from a Saracens perspective, they walked away with a bonus point. They had a, an opportunity to maybe make it a draw at the end. There was a red card at the end of the match. I don't know if you saw that. With I, the did. Old, yeah. I, was, I was in the airport. Arno Botha, isn't it? Picks the ball up from the back of the base, carries, and you see Tompkins, he's led with his forearm. And we had this debate in the World Cup, didn't we, about Karevi. Can't yeah. lead with your forearm. It's a red. Right, the Saffers do carry like yeah. that because they're physical and they want to, you know, they're just like monsters when they carry the ball. But you can lead with the, you can lead with the forearm if the ball is in that hand. Yeah but not with the other one. And it's gone straight into Tompkins' throat. And you see Tompkins remonstrating with the referee. He could have went down, but obviously yeah. it's not football and, yeah. and Nick Tompkins doesn't do that. There is a lot of that in the game at the minute, though. Shouting. If you watch well, it, even Nick, appealing. Well, Nick Tompkins did, didn't he? Yeah. You could see. But and it's not his fault. But it's a natural thing. But it, it, I mean, that's clearly one that you could put your hands in the air. You either go down or you put your hands in the air and say, listen, ref, you've got to look at it. What does my head in is some of the ones that are not even dangerous and... and players are appealing for everything now that's got to be careful but they had an opportunity to draw didn't they and they then, lost the line out yeah. mate if Jim Hamilton was playing those last two, two minutes step they, lob. they don't lose that line out if do Jono they? was playing we definitely would have would have, <laughs> would have slipped up because the weather was so bad but from a Saracen's perspective that's kept them in the tournament just getting that bonus point I think so I reckon they'll go full goo against Munster this week I think so, they'll go full noise so I've got a question on Munster now and I know there's some new coaches there and all this stuff but the players right so 10-3 Saracens have rocked up with a you know some first choice players obviously Marrow played Big Willie Little Willie Skelton Brad Barrett Lazowski yeah. you know there, there was plenty of first choices there Munster are looking at that going oh we should win it was a close game ten three obviously do you think Munster have got a mind block about playing Saracens whatever the team that they picked and and that was a reason why it was so close or was it purely because the conditions were so horrific I think to, are you asking me the question I am James I think two things I think the wet weather plays a big part it's almost impossible sometimes to get through phases when you when you're in them conditions yeah. the line outs become a lottery sometimes as well because the players are so slippy the ball's slippy as well even though they dry it off and 
I don't want to be horrible. You are going to be horrible. I'm going to be honest. I don't think Munster are the same team that they were two or three years ago. Hence why why they've tried to freshen it up with Graham Roundtree. Um, Stephen Larkham. Stephen Larkham obviously coming in, running the show as well. I just don't think they're the same team. That, yes, they're, they're going to build um, over the next few years. Uh, they've just had a lot of changes, but I love them. I absolutely love Munster. I love what, what they stand for. I love the history, the players that have played for them in the past. Love them. It'd be interesting this weekend, especially if Saracens do go full noise and you know, Munster, you know, they've now drawn one at home, won one closely at home. You've got to go away to Saracens and away to Racing to sort of qualify and get something from those games. I played in the Munster back-to-back games last time they were in our pool. Went down to Munster, it was raining. I think there was seven second rows injured. All I remember is, second half of the game, Yep. I don't know whether they were trying to win it or what the score was, I can't remember. It was a short kickoff. You dropped it. Hang on, let, 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 me, let me build the scene first. I've gone up, seen the ball in the sky, I've gone, I've gone the triangle so I can see between it. The ball is coming towards me. Next thing I'm on my back and my eye is spraying out blood. Spraying out blood. O'Connell, the absolute legend, has elbowed me in the eye. And I've got the scar to show it for life. And a red card. A, yeah, I ain't bothered. It's Paul O'Connell, mate. <laughs> okay, I ain't bothered. That'd be a red card now, though, wouldn't it? That's my only. I ain't bothered. No, it's Paul O'Connell, mate. Okay, I'd let him do that all day long. Speaking of red cards, what do you make of Dan Evans' kung fu kick? I mean, it's again Frank Murphy, referee, good friend of ours, doing very well as a ref. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, how serious is he when he's refereeing? It's I love so it. funny because he's away from the field. He's when he was a player. We used to call him Langer, didn't we? Yeah, Langer Dan. He was. Uh, yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a, a character, wasn't he? Let's say, should we call him a character? Yeah, he was just he was a good lad. Yeah, loved it. Um, he was a good lad. See, I'll say that like yeah. I'm stereotyping no, referees. No, I'm not ref. shit lad. Uh, but yeah, difficult one for him because it's 21 seconds into the game. It's a red card. In in the environment we're in now in rugby and and where we lie with, we saw a dog who's one the other week, um, which was more deliberate than this one. Mm. No, you're not having it. <sighs> Again, I, 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 as we know, I'm not an expert. And I was going to do this, but I didn't. So I was going to go through the YouTube and see clips on Dan Evans taking high balls and see how he came down with a leg straight. Didn't have time. Anyway. Kids. So it's not deliberate. Okay. That's what you think. That's what many people think. Um, still a red card. But who comes down from taking a high ball with their leg that straight? And again, I've not seen clips of Dan Evans taking high balls. I just thought, for me, it did look a little bit deliberate. Not to kick him in the face, but to almost just kick him, kick someone away. Mm. I know it sounds yeah. a ridiculous thing to say because I've never taken a high ball and he might always take high balls like that. But this is with a dog who's one that he did as well. There's almost an instinct, I think, yeah. of protecting himself. Yeah, and, and, and that's the only body limb. Body you, limb? Body limb, Yeah, body part limb. That is the one that can give you distance. Do you know what I mean? Because that's the, the leg that's high. I mean, I love how we're trying to work out or I'm trying to work out a science behind how you volley someone in the head when there's a high ball coming down on you. But it's a red card. And yeah. you look at Ospreys, I mean, it doesn't get any worse, does it? Well, what's I, happening? I, even if Dan Evans, and I'm not disrespecting Ospreys now, but even if Dan Evans doesn't get sent off in the 21st second, Racing the way they played, they're always winning that game, aren't they? Oh, Racing are, are, are brilliant in Europe yeah. this year. Fim Russell, the magician again, kicks at galore. Little magic kicks here and there. Playing so much. Mate, he's, he's Teddy, class. Teddy Tomar finishing things off. Um, Simon Zebo. Is it me? Or is he putting on a, a bit of dad bod weight? Just a little bit. What's your problem? Why are you fat shaming again? Uh, no, I'm not. I like to see a man that is comfortable. Thank I you. love it. Thank you. <laughs> I'd say that you, you went from being comfortable to uncomfortable now. <laughs> Overcomfortable. It's Christmas. It. And Zebo. 
He's just put on a layer. Do you reckon? Yeah. I like it. Just loving Paris, isn't he? Imagine Paris. Imagine you're Finn Russell. You're a single man. Not, probably not even in your prime. You're driving around in a white Lamborghini. You're getting paid 50, 60 grand. Let's just call it 100 grand a month. Yeah. Let's just round it up. And you are living in Paris. And you can't go out because there's demonstrations every weekend because the French aren't happy at the minute. Why? What's happened? With Macron. They're just not happy. I think Macron kit's great. I don't know what the <laughs> issue is there. Um, imagine Finn Russell. And again, I don't want to be horrible. You don't want to question what's going on at Scotland. But I think what Racing have given Finn is complete free reign. A lot of Euros. And of a car course. and a Lambo. And a load of forwards on the front foot as well. Oh, yeah. Well, they get the and options this. to pass it on to Vakatara who can make the gain line. Yeah. That, well, there you go. We just answered it. I had a question in my head that we have just sat here and answered. So Scotland haven't got a load of forwards that can get them on the front foot or... Uh, Vakatara just to, in the centre. Yeah. Or Zebo with a dad bod that they or, can just chip over the top two. Or Teddy Thomas to finish something off. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Why are you being horrible to Scotland? Yeah. What's we, mate, why are you being horrible to everyone today? I don't know what's he wrong. Hasn't, he hasn't been horrible to me yet. So I'm waiting for that one. Yeah. I was going to come on to that. Well, you, mate, you've come on here and talked yourself up all this at the beginning about how you're bigger than Darren Cave in Belfast. I ain't going to I ain't going to bring you down. It's <laughs> just facts, mate. Facts. 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 Fat and facts. Facts. Well, Linster probably produced the performance of the round, didn't they? Yes. Scoreline says it all. Yeah. So clinical, aren't they? James Lowe, friend of the show. How good? Ridiculous. He's straight into the Ireland team for the Six Nations. There's almost a part of me, right, that thinks, and again, because I've probably not seen too much of Leinster, I'm going to say under the radar. I don't know why I'm going to say that because they're unbeaten. What are you talking about under the radar? (laughs) But they're unbeaten. They've been to the last Amley finals. Yeah, I know. Under the radar this season. In terms of... Hang on, you've not let me finish. Have they lost a game yet this year? In terms of what I'm about to say. Under the radar, though. Let me finish. Under the radar in terms of actually how good they really are. First big, big test was against Northampton this week. And people are like, oh, Northampton might beat them. Not the Oracle. Not the Orange Peel here. He knows. He knows. I'm talking about me in the third person. In the third person. person. I mean, only only tools do that. But how many tries did they score? Six? Seven. They scored seven tries. Seven tries, James. Seven tries against Northampton, who are, frankly, one of the best teams in the Gallagher Premiership. Frankly, I like what you know. Franklin's Garden. See what I've done? Yeah. Yeah. See? So that was my point, was not under the radar completely, because we know they made a final last year. Yeah. Can I just say one thing? Yeah, yeah. Your point of this under the radar, they're not under the radar. They're a quality team that are unbeaten this season. So that means that they're very good and there's nothing to do with being under the radar. Only until you're tested do you actually know how good you are. Why are you talking about testicles? Am I? I don't know. No intestines, I said. But, I they, yeah. but they do, you know, they, they played the, for me it was like a complete performance. Reese Ruddock, Van der Fleer in the back row, carrying big, uh, big Dev Toner, as Jim calls him, the pregnant snake. I don't think you're horrible saying that, Jim. I don't know why he, he was carrying big, smashing Nairo Voro. Then they, you know, they made breaks. Two minutes in, get a turnover, score from their own 22. How about that? Ring Rose was awesome. James Lowe, quality. Defence. Yeah. Llama at fullback. Wheels. Sext- the only thing is Sexton's injury. Mm. But they bring on Byrne, who scores within however long he was on for. It's good for Byrne as well, because he had a bit of a torrid time with Ireland, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but Leinster, well coached. They is good. I'm looking for, very much looking forward to going over to the Aviva Stadium on Saturday to commentate. I'm jealous. Hmm, you should oh, come. Well, f- first time ever, I'd say I'm jealous. Well, you mentioned Devin Toner. I uh, did. We've spoken about him a, a lot on this podcast, especially Jim. He's been horrible, hasn't he? Yeah, have you said a few words about him? Mate, um, no. Oh, I don't know why. I'm, I've got a cough. It's like I'm, What's I'm, I'm in an L- Like Devin, we're friends now after the live show in Dublin. Well, the legend himself is on the phone at the moment. How are you, mate? 
How are you getting on, Les? You well? Yeah, we're good. We're very good, actually. Uh, but before we kick things off and start talking about a bit of ruggers, uh, have you and Jim made up yet after you came on our live show in Dublin? Because you were sworn en- enemies, weren't you? We follow each other on social. That's friends, isn't it, Exactly. Dev? I follow all, all all your stories. I follow everything now. I think we're... we're yes. yes they, we are. they are stories. Jim has a lot of stories that are... Absolute horseshit. Um, so I, I actually need to know if the beef was real because you, you, you put him in a mess, didn't you, in that, was it Ireland Wolfhounds against Scotland Saxons or whatever it is? Many, Scotland many years Saxons. ago. Many, many years ago, yeah. Oh, so is that what happened? I, mean, I can't remember what happened. <laughs> hey, I know that my, my career um, went upwards off the back of our <laughs> kerfuffle. Um, oh, I, I know that, that um, the rivalry stuff that we've had over the years has, has just made me into the player that I am today, you know what I mean? Mate, you said it. I, I, knew, <laughs> exactly. I, I knew it. That's what I've always said, Big Dev, that that was the case. So thank Just made you. me want to strive for more and get better and better, you know what I mean? Mate, that's what Paul O'Connell did for you, and that's what I'm, I'm just going to speak about myself in the third person, that Jim Hamilton did for you as well. So you are welcome, Big Dev, but look. Oh, I really appreciate it, Jimbo. It's not about me. It's all about you. Uh, just, just talk to us about how you are. I know it was um, a tough summer, and that's been well documented. But how are you, mate? Oh, I'm grand. Yeah, I'm loving it to be honest. Yeah, um, like I'm pretty much over that. <laughs> There's been a lot said and a lot done about a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, pretty much over it, and, and had a really good start to the season now. And we're going really well in the league, and we're going really well in Europe now. So um, haven't lost a game yet. So it's um, going pretty well for at the minute. And it's the first time that we've we've spoken to you since uh, the World Cup and everything like that. And I actually. Actually, to be fair to Jim, uh, we thought that you should have got picked, obviously. Um, you're behind Rory Best. I think you're the most capped player under Joe Schmidt's era in terms of starts that he's given out. So just can we can we re- rewind the clock a bit? How did you find out? What you know? Were you given reasons or because um, you know, it was a bit of a shock to everyone? Um, like it came down to the Sunday night where, where he was ringing everyone saying he wasn't going. It was just a, it was a complete shock. It was he rang me on the Sunday night. I saw his name come up and I, was, I couldn't believe his, his name coming up on the phone. To be honest, but uh, he basically said he, they needed um, they needed the the, the tight head lock. To be honest, and he said it wasn't a specialised tight head lock, and that I didn't really show much, I suppose, in the in in the preseason games. Um, he said it was kind of coming off the back of an injury, and he said um, just kind of the fitness and, and the games weren't up to scratch. To be honest. And I've been in a similar position before in 2015. I was quite spoken about it without going over old news because we are here to kind of look forward and how went well Leinster are playing. How was the support around your family and stuff like that? I know no one died, but I mean, oh, it's, it, you know, it, it is a big thing, isn't it? The World Cup for kind of yeah, any, any any player. But how, how was it received? The, the club, your family, your mates. Oh, everyone was was absolutely brilliant about it. The support from the family got were brilliant, but I think one of the main things for me was being able to stay home and not be away for seven or eight weeks. So I got to I got to I got to stay at home with Mary and. Max and um, I suppose it's just a breath for breath of fresh air being able to stay at home with, with, with them like obviously it's, it's hard seeing everything over there and seeing all the lads on social media and seeing everything they're doing um, but I think everyone the support network I had from Leinster from the family friends were absolutely brilliant and your relationship relationship with Joe so I haven't spoken to him since to be honest but uh, yeah no sure is it anything you do? Is it? I mean, we've mentioned his cats before. He's got loads of cats. Have you done something to one of his cats? You can tell it. You can tell us now. And now he's gone. <laughs> <To> his... <laughs> he's got hundreds of cats. I reckon you have you have you let a cat out and it shouldn't have been out of the car or something. Oh, geez, I don't know. I might, I, I might have not known if you were honest. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, good on you. Uh, let's look forward or back, I suppose, maybe even one week. But Leinster are absolutely flying. Massive win at the weekend against Northampton, who have been awesome as well. Just talk to us about the mood in the camp under Leo and Stuart Lancaster, etc. Yeah, it's going really well. Um, I think one of the one of the most pleasing things about the start of the season is, is how well the young lads have been going in the leagues. Like we 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 went to we went over to Glasgow the week before Northampton, and 
and um, a freezing cold night. It was minus three on an Astro, and, and like a, a load of young lads really stood up and put their hands up for selection. And the the, the the energy that they were bringing to training, the energy they were bringing to the environment, has been brilliant. And then obviously with going to Europe and going to Northampton's um, back door and, and getting a performance like that was brilliant. So yeah, no, like all in all, it's a really good, um, really good environment to be in at the minute. And just going back to the game, it's a pretty complete performance from you. As a team, you know, you were chucking the ball wide at times and making breaks through the backs and the power game up front was pretty special as well. Um, some big carries across the forward pack. So uh, obviously the, the one big news out of the weekend was Johnny Sexton's knee injury. We don't know too much about it yet, but um, you've got some quality players around him. H- how much of a loss would he be if there is a, a sort of long-term injury for the next few weeks? Sexton's always going to be a loss to any team, isn't he? Like he's he's not World Player of the Year for, for for nothing. Like he's a he brings a lot to the team. He's obviously the captain, but like when you have someone like like the Ross Byrne be able to step up and, and play the same and, and and control the game the same, it's it's really good for us. Um, any team's going to miss miss a Johnny Sexton. Do you know what I mean? But we we have more than more than enough confidence. And, then let's just, and obviously the young lads will lead them as well like. let's talk a little bit about the defence because Northampton have got a brilliant attack they scored a bucket load of tries in, in, in the Premiership I even saw you absolutely smoke Niavoro when he ran Route 1 you knocked him back let's just say he, he, he made gain line that was it but it felt like a 10 metre uh, carry back for him um, have you got a name for the defence or anything? we've got a name for our defence? Yeah. No, no not really to be honest no we just front up basically like we um I suppose that's what that's one of the main things that kind of Stu has brought in. He's been he's been absolutely brilliant with, with our defensive mentality. I suppose like we, we we do pride ourselves on on just being able to front up. And I suppose the the, the main part of the defense is getting that first up contact hit. And, and like we, we we try our best to 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 be physical in the area. And like I suppose it, it doesn't matter how good your attack is if you're if if you, if you don't have a defense, you're not going to win games. You know what I mean? And then just go back to that tackle on Naravoro. Did it hurt because he's <laughs> just been blitzing people in the Premiership? And uh, you know how much. Did you absolutely smash him? Did it feel a good hit? I, I didn't smash him. I, th- I think it was like I think I think Ross Byrne took most of the hit, and I just came in from the side and, and, and finished it off. Oh, the classic tag on so, tackle at the end. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. So R- Ross Byrne did, took most of the heat, to be honest. And then you, you mentioned Stuart Lancaster then, um, and we've talked to, to a few of the Leinster boys over time on the podcast about the impact that he's had over there. Um, Jim still thinks he's he's really good mates with him as well because he saw him outside one of the nightclubs dropping his. It wasn't any nightclub. It was Chris Dowles. Chris Dowles, yeah, 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 the nightclub. Um, what impact has he had on you, mate, in terms of um, his coaching and, and how big of influence is he in? the camp yeah he's huge um he, i think i think just the philosophies that he's brought into the camp just around attack and defense um like he really gives lads license to to, to play how, how they want to play and he gives the young lads license to to run and and, and um, just show what they, what they can do to be honest but i think the the main part for me is just his his uh, philosophy around d and just using quick feet and and um keeping your eyes up and like assessing the situation on the mo- on the move and, and 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 just trying to get that physical hit and then two man tackles and basically is it, it that's what's kind of revolutionised us I suppose and, and just his 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 general demeanour around the place is absolutely brilliant and, and his breath of fresh air to be honest and then uh, just looking talking about defence and talking about tackle technique you're about seven foot seven foot fourteen or something aren't you a massive man I'm seven th- I'm seven foot fifteen oh okay so, you're just yeah, bigger yeah, Jim yeah. um let, let's talk about the tackle law that's come in and Jim's mentioned before that for a man of his stature and height it's pretty impossible to get down. And tackle low how have you adapted as a as a player personally 
with the new tackle chain law changes and what the coach is doing about the absolute units that have to bend over these days? Um, to be honest, I haven't really changed that much. To be honest, um, it, like it all depends on the type of on the type of tackle that, that that you're going into. Do you know what I mean? If if I'm coming from the side, it's quite easy to get down low and and, and just chop them. To be honest, but if someone's coming straight at you, I, I, I try and get down as, as as much as I can. Um, but um, I haven't really changed that much. To be honest, just <laughs> you just, just try and keep on going. Yeah, like and I haven't it, given away I haven't given away any high tackle yet. So no, nah, is it something you're actively thinking about though? Because obviously, you know, it only needs to be a millimetre wrong, and it looks a lot worse than it is it's always in the back of your head i think but again it's 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 very hard to, to think about it in that split second before before you get smashed you know what i mean so it's a uh, it's it's something that you, you can't spend too much time thinking about but but you, but you have to have a little bit as well like you know what i mean so um but as i said i haven't really changed that much to be honest well you spoke now of all right mate let's just leave it at that um <laughs> exactly, just yeah. j- just a little bit on this season then because the world cup seasons can be a little bit strange you guys were in the final last last season um mm-hmm. for you personally getting a decent run uh, as well in the kind of lead up to these big games how has this season been approached by leo i mean clearly there would have been disappointment in the final but making the final was you know a huge thing anyway but what are the coaches and the players sat around said the goal is for this season which i know is a pretty bland question but like it's not a bland question but like it, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be an answer that you, you pretty much know the answer to we're like we're looking to win the double like we're, we're, we're looking to win three leagues in a row um and we're, and we're looking to, to get that fifth star in the jersey so um the way we're kind of going about it is it's, it's a very very boring answer but it's literally one game at a time do you know what I mean we can't look past anything for us this weekend um, obviously at home in the Aviv is going to be huge for us like I suppose that win away in, in Northampton um, it's not going to mean anything if we, do, if we don't back it up at home and get the win there and then for us after that it's the three Interpro derbies over Christmas and especially probably that Ulster one because they're in our conference the league it'll just bring us that, that bit um, that bit more ahead of them like. so we're just literally taking a kind of blocks at a time in the season and um, hopefully we're really in, in, in about some some finals at the end of the season and then just going back now obviously there's been a bit of news broken over the last sort of week or so with uh, David Nusifora talking about a bit of criticism for Schmidt and, and what Rory Best said about being overcoached sometimes and too much detail Best is an absolute legend obviously and, and Joe Schmidt had a, a wonderful uh, tenure as head coach where, where did you sit in that detail of overcoaching undercoaching and the impact that some of the coaches have had on you yeah um, like the detail that Joe has brought to the, to the game has has worked for Ireland over and Leinster since, since, since he's been in Ireland you know what I mean um, and it has worked for my game I suppose um, because I'm kind of quite detail oriented about line out calls and know where I need to be and, and know where, where I don't need to be Like, but I think there is there, there there's a balance that needs to be there um, over the detail and, and being able to play off, off the cuff which I suppose probably wasn't there as much as I can but again I wasn't in I wasn't in the World Cup camp so I, I can't really comment too much about what they were doing over there but all I can say was before like obviously when I was in the camps before we did, we did a, like a lot of detail I suppose and then moving forward for this Ireland squad, you personally clearly want to get back into the team. Obviously, a load of changes w- with the coaches and, and some of the personnel as well. You know, where's Ireland as a kind of nation now going into the Six Nations and the support yeah. of the public and the media around? You know, what's been said over there? Yeah, I think like it's um, uh, it's going to be interesting going into the Six Nations. Like again, I'm putting my hand up for selection. I like I, I don't think I'm done with Ireland. I think it's going to be a new um, a new test with, with with Andy coming in as head coach now. But I think lads are going to want to get over the World Cup and fans and supporters are as well so it's going to be exciting going into the Six Nations I suppose I think we're going to have one camp coming up, um, 
in over Christmas for for a day or two. So it'll be interesting to see, um, I suppose, who's picked and who brought in for that, I suppose. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be an exciting time come um, when Six Nations comes around, as, as it always is. Like. Well, it's great to hear uh, from my perspective and from the whole of Ireland's perspective that you're not doing a Jim Hamilton uh, who retired from international rugby when he didn't get picked in 2015. In my prime. <laughs> in, in his my prime, prime as well. Uh, mate, I'm sure you'll uh, be right in the mix. But um, I'm actually commentating. Uh, I don't know whether you'll be happy with this or not, but I'm commentating for Channel 4 on the game uh, on Saturday. So uh, you've already got the man of the match. Um, oh, lovely. I do have another question though. I'm flying in quite early, so I need a spot to go for lunch in Dublin pre-match. And you know, I like my food, so uh, somewhere nice would be would be very uh, helpful. Please, mate. Go to Juniors. Juniors. The Aviva. Yeah, Juniors. One of the best sandwiches around. There we go. That's done. I'm, uh, I'll, well, that'll be my second lunch as well. Then we're, we're yeah, trying to keep them go. off. The, we're trying to keep them off the carbs, uh, Big Dev. To be <laughs> honest. Um, <laughs> lastly, it is the season to be jolly. It's Christmas, and the Leinster Christmas party. I'm sure is coming up. Is that happening? Um, I know you don't want to think too much about it, but it's. You know, it's oh, a tradition for most yeah, teams. We, have, we haven't heard too much about it. There's, there's a couple of lads in, in charge of it. I think there's rumblings of, us ha- of it happening next weekend. Who, who's, uh, who's in charge? Because we can get in contact with them. Um, James Tracy. James Tracy's involved. With it. Yeah, so you so, so can get, give him an old message and see what's going on. He's a friend of the show. Because um, I think Johnny Sexton's opened up his wine cellar. But oh, I'm well, not too you? sure. I don't think he likes oh, me. Really. So, but um, <laughs> I'd, be keen to, I'd be keen to come. I've got a good Christmas jumper. And uh, oh, just lovely. just going back, going back to the game this weekend, we had John Cooney on last weekend, or last week, sorry, and I commentated on their game. He gave me some insight into a bit of abuse for players to dish out so I got in, stuck into McCloskey because he wanted that uh, have you got anyone that you'd like me to um, sort of get stuck into at the weekend oh jeez you put me in the spot here now um, get yeah. into we, we, big cheese J- James Ryan James he's Ryan. only just after start, he's, only, he's only just after starting driving and he's just after getting his new fresh uh, fresh sponsored car Oh. So he, he's just after passing his test and 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 and, and gotten a new car. So he has to he has to practice a bit on the on the parking. So get into with that. I'll get stuck in. So, so he's only just passed his test. So he's been mincing people for fun, and now he's only just got a car. Yep, pretty much. I bet he's got a hell of a car deal. Though, I, bet well. he has. I bet he has. <laughs> yeah, he has. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Devin. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, good luck getting back into the Ireland squad, and uh, of course with the with the double, uh, the Champions Cup, and the Guinness Pro Fourteen, mate. Great lads. Thanks very much. Cheers, Dev. Good to speak to you, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for coming on. Bye bye. Good man. Top Good lad. lad, top lad. Good lad. Top lad. Hey, well, I'm a bit surprised you weren't back to your old self, though, Jim. What do you mean? Well, normally you call him the pregnant snake, the sperm. Yeah, but that, that's when he was on the way up. That's when he was flying, mate. You don't want to kick a man while he's down. Well, he used to be horrible to him, then it, it, to his face or via phone call to his face. You, mate, you well, didn't we, have the bottle to it's say. It's one of them. It's, people always say you normally get on, which is quite weird, with the guys that are in the same position as you. And the, and the forwards are an interesting bunch. And as you move more forward to get forward in the forward. So from the back row, the second rows are quite tight and usually the front rows are really tight. So I, I, me, and, me and Dev, after the live show in Dublin, we're warming to each other. It's blossoming that relationship, isn't it? It is. And I, I, I've spoken about it before. A lot of the stuff that we've said with and about Dev was tongue-in-cheek. We were honest in our evaluation of him not going to the World Cup in terms of his form, in terms of what he brought to Ireland and it caused a bit of uproar. And he's been brilliant for Leinster all season. I'm not just saying that. He, he, he genuinely has. He absolutely smoked Niavore. Niavore only made three metres. That is smoking someone, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> I love the way you're backtracking, though. It's very nice, why? James. You're just like, yeah, he's a great player. And I really I'll like tell you what him. I like, though, as well, about, about Devon. He is a rare species in today's game. Six foot nine, I would say not a massive amount of, of muscle mass, but he's still operating at that level. Because he works hard, doesn't he? Mate, and he carry, he does carry. Mate, he carries, really well. he tackles. We all know what he does in the line out. He's starting, I'm sure he's one of the first names on the team sheet in that Leinster team who are arguably the best team in Europe at the minute. And there's a big thing coming, I think, later on in the show 
We're doing our fit 15. Would you stick him in it? Or I'll tell you who's not getting in it. What? It was a second row. His coach, Leo Cullen. <laughs> Comfortably one of the ugliest players that you said you've ever played with, Jim. But uh, Devon Toner, you'd, you'd stick him in there potentially, would you? I'd love to see Dev with a full head of hair. And then I can ju- <laughs> you can only judge a man with a full head of hair, hair or a beard. So, yeah. unfortunately, I, I, I might not put him in. Uh, okay. Well, he's a hell of a player and decent bloke. Hell of a bush as well. <laughs> well, should we have a look at some other games that are um, that happened over the weekend? Sale pushed Exeter hard, uh, but the Chiefs made it three from three. Uh, they're looking good for a home quarter final, aren't they? Chief, Chief, Chief. All I'm going to say is Stuart Ogg led. Well, I was just going to say how, how well he played before he went off with HIA. But how well did he go off? First half? Yeah, it? first half. So scored what? He went, I think he went off after he scored. Yeah. Yeah. In the act of scoring, he went off for HIA, which I didn't think looked like a HIA. I thought it was like a groin sort of midriff injury, and I've had a few of those. He was phenomenal. That f- first break. Yeah. And actually, actually got back to him. He had the angle on him. But yeah, Hoggy is making a hell of a difference there. You know, you're looking at what teams are favourites, what teams are, are in the mix, extra in the mix. But Sale pushed them hard, especially in the second half. Um, and it was interesting. One thing I did pick up from the weekend, someone sent it to me, actually. Sale's social media channel. Did you what? see this one? No. Um, yeah, well, so Sale's social media. I think they've deleted the tweet now, but they said, uh, it was interesting, post-match, something along the lines of, here's the match result, but Exeter didn't manage to score a point when Sale had 15 men on the field, which I thought was quite bitchy. But technically they did, because they were given the... Penalty try for Curry tackling White from an offside position. So technically, they've given the penalty try and then he's given the yellow card. So maybe that's why they deleted the tweaks. They were wrong. While we're speaking about Twitter, Bonobo Jack has tweeted in. You guys said the little tiff between Rohan Rensburg and Yard when a try wasn't scored. Would be good to hear more on inter-team spats. And is this yet another team that Yard has disliked or is it just a one-off? Oh, Wow. I watched it, actually. I saw it straight away. So Van Rensburg has made a bit of a break, heading towards the corner. Should have passed. Crowbarred it, so should have passed. You're right, James. And then gets bundled into touch. And just while we're talking about Van Rensburg, thank fuck I'm retired because he looks unbelievable to play against. But then, so obviously Yard's had a pop at him as he's been tackled into touch. Van Rensburg's got up, pushed him in the chest, and then literally two minutes later... Marlon Yards dropped it over the line and Van Rensburg hasn't gone over to him and given him some. So whether there's some beef there, who knows? And we are speculating. Um, but it's not the first time that uh, Marlon Yard would have had some beef with his teammates. Why? Why? Well, Joe Marler said he didn't like him. <laughs> um, and I think Chris Robshaw also said he didn't like him from the Harlequins days. But he got hooked off at half-time, didn't he, by Steve Diamond and Dimes. They did an interview. And you've got Deli Sonomona on the, on the bench. Uh, he's a quality operator, quality finisher, quality player. But Dime said something interesting. He goes, oh, we've got someone on the bench that, you know, he absolutely wants it and you know, he's going to put it out there. Basically, sort of saying that maybe Marlon Yard didn't want it uh, and didn't want to work for it. He obviously dropped one over the line. He's had a pop at uh, Van Rensburg as well. You go back to Sale's first game in the group against Glasgow. Steve Diamond blamed Marlon Yard for the missed tackle for the try. Oh, God. So, you know, mm. um, maybe, he's, maybe he's just not in form. Uh, maybe he's not liked. Calvisano um, looking for a player after that game against Leicester. <laughs> so yeah, why are you being horrible? No, no, I'm just I'm stating the obvious. Yeah, I so mean, who knows? Do, do you want to talk about the Leicester Calvisano big game? Oh, massive, massive game. Um, but yeah, any inter- you had any inter-team spats apart from Owen not liking me? Well, we, we've said that one. Yeah, no, not really. I always found with tens though. And I, I, I spoke about my relationship with Owen. Didn't like me because he thought I was shit, and I didn't like him because he thought I was shit. That's not on. I know. But you are shit. 
Wow, he used to th- fire balls at me when I was absolutely ball bagged in training from running 7K and having played against Newcastle away and he'd been in Dubai for a week. Um, but Nicky Robinson was the same. He didn't like you either. Well, in, uh, it was training on a, on a Monday. Anyone who doesn't know Nicky Robinson now, he's putting a bit of weight, like your good self. He's enjoying the final. Why thing. is this so. Uh, what, what, no, what's a good the thing. weight? I just thing? said, you, well, you have. All right. So is he. All right. So Zeb's well, a bit. Say it to his face. I told him. Why are you just hiding behind this mic calling everyone fat? Every time I see him, I, just, horrible, I just flick the bottom of his belly like that. <laughs> um, seeing him next Tuesday, we've got a Gloucester reunion. So that's who he is. He was at Gloucester 10, Cardiff 10. You got a green card for that one? Well, it's an afternoon one, so I'm, wor- I'm working. She doesn't. <laughs> and then I saw him at um, a dinner recently. We were chatting about it. And he used to shout at everyone in training. Well, not everyone. All the slow forwards. That got in the way of nine ten channel couldn't catch. Couldn't it was fitness games. No, no, get out the fucking way. It was fitness games, so it was offload touch. So you were encouraged to offload. That was the only chance Mate, you had a just chance. To look at your fingers. Imagine you trying to offload. I'm tr- How do you get better though? By trying. Practice makes perfect. So <laughs> I'm lobbing these things out the back door. Peter, <laughs> Peter Buxton, who literally had fingers catch, like toes, catch. they literally <laughs> looked like toes. It was we used to call him the claw. He ain't catching anything. So I've offloaded to Booker and then Nicky Robinson's like booted the ball going mad. What the, th- what are you doing? I'm like, mate, what, what are you on about? So he used to <laughs> shout everyone. So he used to say, and I was captain. I said, look, mate, if you shout anyone again, I said, I'm going to get you dropped. Like that. Then and he then, and then, the, I, got, I got dropped the following oh, week. So. Well, you did have hands like cow's tits, didn't you? Like others. Like others, mate. Horrible. Anyone were you good at? Anyone you thought um, James Percival. What about him? Oh, he's just a nose. <laughs> Like Percy Nors. We were at, we call, used to call him negative yards. Um <laughs> he'd be, mate, he'd be in a team meeting like lads, lads, I want the ball this week. I'm gonna carry and I'm gonna carry straight through the opposition. I'm on the best second rows. Is he from Liverpool? He's from I'm Birmingham. From Birmingham. <laughs> I'm on the best ball carrying second rows in the premiership. You sound give like you sound like a peaky blinder. Give me the ball. I'll be like that. Um lads, uh, anyone know Percy stats? Last week, seven carries, minus 10 metres. Wow. <laughs> I'm good. just honest, man. I'm just honest. So but I, he was, how did that make him horrible? He was so far at Richard Hill's ass, the coach Richard Hill. And, you know, there was it was very much a split dressing room where it was about four boys that liked Richard Hill. The rest of us thought he was an absolute, yeah, cowboy of a coach. I liked Percy. I um, liked him, yeah. Yeah, you liked but, him because he was the only second row that carried less than you or worse than you. So <laughs> No, it was generally, like, if he was in front of me, I could generally um make gain line just going back to um steve diamond and in his comments he's also made some comments on uh, matthew ray now and his team of bastards hoping he didn't see them in manchester again <laughs> did you hear that no yeah did I you did. yeah it was in in the uh press conference after the game he didn't agree with a lot of the decisions so uh, there's a load of scrums going on towards the end and sale had the upper hand in the scrums jake cooper woolley 300 grand a year comes off the bench uh, and does really well Extra under pressure, Ben Moon gets simbined, uh, and he felt they should have had a penalty try, which should have given oh, them more time. Um, so he disagreed with a load of the decisions, and then he's in the press conference afterwards, and you never know with Dimes whether he's serious or joking, but he basically said he, he went and spoke to the referees in the tunnel as they were leaving the field. Now, I'm betting that he didn't say what he said he said in the press conference, because he said in the press conference that he said, oh, great game, you had a really good game, well done. Whereas I think he's gone and said, fucking hell, what the fuck was that? Was fucking terrible. <laughs> My name's Steve Diamond, right? And I think that was a shit decision. You didn't get all decisions wrong. We should have had penalty try. Done. And I've got d- dog. <laughs> and I've got dogs in fucking car. Eat you. Anyway, he's gone up to the press conference and... Um, I've I li- got dog. I, I like Dimes. I love it. He's actually... He's a genuinely top bloke. He's Mate, funny. I'd be scared of it because he's got dog. <laughs> 
Um, and he's gone up to the press conference and someone's asked him, what did you say to the referees after the game when you're walking up the tunnel? And he's, he said, oh, yeah, I just went up to them and, and said, really good game. Yeah, I thought you refereed it really well. Really great game. Hopefully that gets back to the assessor um, so we don't see the bastards here in Manchester ever again. Um, and he's obviously dealing with a little bit of anger in within what's happening in the game. And he's then tried to say, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. You know, I thought you want characters in this sort of thing in post-match press conferences. Um, so, you know, Dimes, he's a funny bloke. Has he overstepped the mark? I think I heard, I heard European rugby are going to investigate his comments. Um, you want characters in the game, but there is a level of respect. So I don't know what's right or wrong, but you basically called three Frenchmen bastards, which, you know, uh, I don't know whether I should agree with or not, because I love the French. Hey, talking to Sale as well, I, I, t- I text Chris Ashton this week and I said, oh, can you tell me a bit about Boujolau? Does he speak English? We'd love to do an interview with him. Oh, can him. you imagine that? Uh, no, no. I asked him about Pete, Pete Anglesey because for me, Sale is, synony- <laughs> is synonymous with Pete Anglesey. I see him. He carries the water on the whole time. He's been there for years. He was there as a player. He's a good bloke as well, Angie. Apparently, I said to Ashley, what does he do at Sale? He said, mate, he picks up Steve Diamond's dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a job. I'm just looking on Wikipedia to see if it said that. Let's just say it did. Pete Anglesey, Steve Diamond, dog picker up a shitter. Lawrence White's uh, also tweeted and he wants to know if Cipriani meant that crossfield kick in the Gloucester versus Connacht game and did Goody ever try anything similar? I genuinely believe Sips meant that because you see the shape of his body. His first thought is I'm going to bang it long and then he's going. He's kicking across the grain. So left foot kicker, kicking to the right hand touch line. You're kicking across your body. So naturally the charging team are closer to you so he thinks he's getting charged down here so then he's also got the audacity to think and you see the shape of the kick i 100% believe he he meant that and he's scudded it along the floor hit it hard knowing that you can see that they're all in a flat line because they're all meant to be chasing this kick to go and put pressure on them so he's pumped it across the face hoping that someone will pick it up now there's two players in europe that would have the audacity to do that i think as fly halves one is danny cipriani one is finn russell so I 100% believe it happened. Now, the second part of the question, have I ever done anything like that? 100% I have. Did I mean it? Absolutely not. Mine were crossfield kicks that were meant to go 30 yards down the field. It's come off your heel. It's come off my, uh, I'd call it, you know, my knee, my shin, my swollen ankle, whatever it is, and it's gone backwards. So kind of similar kick, but mine, certainly I didn't mean it, no. Uh, but, I, you know, Drico on BT Sport, on Brian O'Driscoll on Sunday, said there's absolutely no way he's meant that. Now, I actually thought Drico, when he played, the skill that he had and the things he did, he'd understand that there are players that will try stuff like that. And he just shot him down and went, nah, he's not meant that at all. I 100% believe Danny Cipriani meant that. What do you reckon, James? Do you, you talked kicking technique the other week. I've got no idea. Um, you see, I, I what, couldn't see it. I, I looked at it and thought, he, he, he what did you say? Scud? Scudded it. Scudded it along the floor. Naked did it. Because I, I call being in the scud naked. Okay. Um, but if you, if you just watch his shape, last minute he changes and it's... It's like he's coming down on the ball as opposed to getting underneath it and going up. I couldn't tell you. I've got no idea for love nor money. Should we look at the rumour mill? Oh, God, let's. You guys got anything floating around at the moment? Well, the big one is Leone Nakawara being sacked from Racing 92. Um, he's going home, isn't he? He's going home. Glasgow. Going home to where he started to make his name from Glasgow. over here, yeah. Well, this is the thing. There's talk of him going back to Glasgow, and I'd be disappointed if he did. I'd love to see Richie Greer. Go back to Glasgow, tweeted about it. Um, and there's, He's out of contract at the end of the year, isn't he? He's out of contract. Mm. Don't know what Richie would do. But anyway, yeah, Leone Nakawara. The other thing is Steve Diamond's denied it, which normally means at sale that happens. I remember he flat out denied Marlon Yard was joining. So there is history there. Regrettably. Um, 
what dimes we were getting sun and yard okay, that's what you say why are you being horrible well i don't know anything about them you're horrible um i'd love to see him in the premiership of course i would who's gonna pay him who's got the have glasgow got the cash to pay him here's one because he would be on 50 uh, euros a month here's one is that's he as <laughs> it's a general theme today it's a question that i want you to answer is he as good as he was two years ago is he the same level of player that he was when he was at Glasgow, that he was in Paris in his kind of first season? But there was talk of him not being happy in his first year of him leaving. Oh, he's fucking freezing in Glasgow. What do, you, do you reckon a Fijian's ever happy in, in Glasgow? No, I don't think he was happy at Paris. Well, I mean, culturally, there are huge differences between how they live back in Fiji and, and wherever they are in Europe. So there is a settling period. You know, Sarevi was at Leicester years ago and used to just leave all the doors open in his house and sleep on the wood floor. There's beds everywhere. Oh, no, I'm sleeping on the wood floor. And he made a fire in the on the floor in the lounge. So culturally, there are big things and big differences between Fijians wherever they go. So is it um, true? He made a hundred percent true. Made so, a fire in the house on the wood floor in the lounge. I've just had a log burner fitted, and I've had to have a fire alarm fitted with it. Of course you do, James. Well, we, we're in 2019. But health, health and safety. Well, that's what I'm saying. Health and safety. I'm talking about this is 1997. Probably. Oh, okay, fine. I know he didn't yeah. burn the house down. He obviously I don't get it. But he put bricks around it or something. I don't, right. know. Matt, I don't know. I wasn't there. But these are definite 100% stories from uh, Srevi's time at Leicester Tigers. Any anyway, what was the question? Rumours. What were we talking about that? Rumours. Who else we got? Carl Ferns, friend yeah. of the show. Is he a friend of the show? Maybe. Northern, northerner. I don't know why he wants to get rid of Leon. Leon he's, he's doing Liverpool, so well. He? He's doing so well at Leon. Obviously, the Gloucester thing happened a couple of years ago where he signed for Gloucester and then went back and Leon had to pay some money to Gloucester. Or... Well, I think what happened is he signed for Gloucester. And then Leon put his W money. <laughs> He's like, I ain't fucking going there. I ain't fucking leaving. I got told off by my mum this weekend. I've just realised. What? Mum and dad came down on Sunday for Sunday lunch with the twins. And my mum said I swear too much on the podcast. Really? Mm, so I must stop. I do. Mummy, I apologise. I don't, I, do, I don't swear at home. I don't swear in front of the kids. I, no. sh- I shower at them. <laughs> Horrible. But um, I, um, I, don't, I never swear. Some people swear in front of the kids, don't they? Not me. Do you swear? No. Goody. I swear I don't swear. Um, yeah, Fernsey. Uh, but it might be something to do with, in front, they're changing all the laws in France about foreign players and the percentage of foreign players that can be in the squad. You know, he's obviously done exceptionally well there. I was surprised, as Jim is, that Leon don't want to keep him because he's, or not necessarily don't want to keep him. Maybe they've offered him reduced terms because he had quite a serious knee injury. You never know what's going on in a contract negotiation. And Fernsey has got the right with what he's displayed, the form he's played at. I think he got nominated for Player of the Year in France a couple of years ago um, and how well he's done to talk to a load of clubs and try and get the most money out of the last few years of his career. So he Proper could, player, right? Yeah, he could come back to the Premier. I don't think he's going back to Gloucester. I'll tell you that now. Gloucester won't sign him again. But if you've got or need a big ball carry number eight, I'd back Fernsey. He's a quality player. Well, that's why Northampton are looking at him. Northampton were looking at um, Don Brandt and obviously Don Brandt has re-signed with Quinns. So they are in the market for a notre joueur. Oh, good French. Merci, Mignon. Uh, sorry, not Mignon. Um, Monsieur. I thought you said uh, Mignon then. Any other rumours floating around? Harry Williams. So Gloucester have basically been linked with every tight head in the world at the minute. Uh, Harry Williams at Exeter, obviously, um, trying to sort out a, a deal there. I can't, you can't see him leaving because Exeter are a top club and, you know, he's played all his rugby there in terms of premiership. But if, as any player now, if you don't get the deal you want from the club you're at and other clubs such as Gloucester are desperate for a tight head because they've been shooed in a few scrums recently. Carl Sinclair looks like he might be going to Bristol's. Why? Mm. Why is he leaving Quinn's? Uh, half a million reasons. But if you're Quinn, surely you're going to pay him half a million. Maybe they haven't got half a million quid to pay him. What, Bristol have? 
They have, they certainly have. What, what, why did you pause? Why did you stutter? I didn't stutter. They, I said they certainly have. Ah, uh, Bristol got half a million to pay. Because they've got the richest owner in the land. salary cap. I'm just asking. Yeah. Uh, it's why, a genuine, why are you all, always trying to defend Saracens? Genuine question. Because so, we've been through this. Pat Lamb has talked about this and said he's gone through his squad and said he's picked Joe Bloggs up from old Wanconians. He's picked so-and-so up from here. Old Pisporians. Exactly. And, you know, so he's not paying. You look at the Bristol squad, though. There no, are some superstars. I agree, though. But there's not... 15 players that played at World Cup like at Saracens who've got houses and, and businesses and everything like that. Not Brad Barrett though. I did a piece on Brad Barrett for Rugby Pass. What a legend by the way. 250th game for the club. Yeah. Stands for everything that you should want to stand for as a rugby player. Honesty, humility, hard work. And metal plates. And tackle with your face. Uh, and just for all our listeners, Tiki Tonga Coffee, which is a very nice coffee. I drink it regularly and I'm not promoting it because I want more because I'll buy it. But that is all set up by himself and there's no help from Nigel Ray so do not tarnish Brad Barrett with the Salarisons cap issues social media questions should we get into a few more of those oh god let's well before we get into some new ones uh, the Fit 15 who have you guys got well I, I've got 9, 10 now it must be an 11 Jim do you want to start this one I'm on number 1 and I I'm on loose head props you went Castro last week you went uh, Dimitri Sarzeski the week before so this guy I think you need to put a bag on his head I'm going full bod Max Laheef <laughs> You're just judging him on his body, not his face. I'm going full bod. So, bag on his head. Bag on your head. Cover up his head. 10 out of 10 bod. <laughs> For a loose head prop. 10 out of 10 bod. It's a rig and Absolutely shred city. But his face is a four. Well, I mean, it could be an eight, but it ain't up there with a bod. It's like for me. My face looks... Like a 10 out of 10 because my bod's probably a 3 out of 10. But what about your hair? I mean, there's not yeah, much left. Yeah, I'm putting a beanie on. So thin. Put a beanie on. I mean, you look at him as a human being. So look at him compared to you. That's what basically I'm trying to say. Well, I, think I've is, got, I think I've got more hair than him. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've got. Look at the abs. It, it does matter what you've got because it's not just about the genetics of how you look, mate. It's about the person. What's no, inside? You'd like to no. think that, wouldn't you? It's about what's inside it's as well. It's It's about what's, you know, it's, it's a whole rounded opinion of people. Don't say round. So are you a, you know, are you a great dad? Yes, I am. You no, know, am I? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, you know. Don't give me your five checkpoints then. I'm a, I drive a range. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm that, that, no, no, that sums <laughs> it up. No, no, I'm joking. So for me. I'm very hardworking, James. Yes, you are. So Max Lahif, Latif, is got to be at loose said. He's one of them where any woman who says they don't like a guy with a good body, they're lying. They're stone cold. It's like when Tom, Tom Evans pops up on screen, Mrs. Gone Bright Red. Is it like when I ask any man that's said they've never weed in the pool is a liar? No, it's very different. Oh, because, very different. Because some people can't. Like they just, There's a thing that okay. stops you doing it internally. Any woman or man that says they would not want or like that body close to them, they're lying. So Max Laheef is the... Uh Max Laheef is number one. And then we, like, that with a bag on his head. With a bag on his head. Yeah. And then as we go down the line. I'm looking forward to next week to see who he puts in the second row. Mm. I bet he puts himself so arrogant. So arrogant. I was hot or not, nine out of ten at school. (laughs) (laughs) Voted for, voted for by the Kovskins. How many people at your school? (laughs) Would they get to choose from? They went out online. Hold on, did any teachers vote? I'm sure they did. Goody, who you got? Uh, Mine's a really simple one, to be honest. You know, we've spoken about him a bit. Jim just mentioned him. You don't get to date. Nicole Scherzinger, if you're a four out of ten. And Tom Evans. Swordsman. The absolute swordsman. We had Fellow ben, swordsman. We had Ben Foden on here the other week saying he's one of the greatest swordsmen there's ever been. What does that actually mean? <laughs> Ooh, he, he takes his... You go back to the old days. Takes his sword out of its... Compartment. Yes. Sheath. 
<laughs> sheep, sheep out of the compartment. <laughs> and uh, is a very good swordsman in the line of battle, James. Line of battle, that's um, the one. So, Tom Evans, uh, he's got it all under. He can sing, he can dance, he can take his shirt off and look ridiculous. He's a good-looking boy. The only downside to him is uh, he had to play for Scotland with Jim Hamilton, so they were shite. But uh, he is one good-looking guy, and anyone that's dating Nicole Scherzinger is winning at life. So he is my number 11 in the Fit 15. He dated um, Natalie and Broglie as well. Oh, so did Phil Greening. something right, I'm tall. So did Phil Greening. Oh, Oh, really? Mm. There you go. Chris Roberts has tweeted in, what's going wrong with wasps? Goody? You might know the answer. Well, we talked about it last week. Uh, squad's thinner. But um, they're only playing hashtag always Edinburgh. So. Well, what did I say last week? Well, I'm just saying that they only played Edinburgh. What though. did I say last week, James? You said that you think that... Um, Edinburgh would lose. win in Edinburgh and Wasps will win at Wasps. He's also asked, um, are all the injuries bad luck or, all the, or do the players need looking after better? Uh, I don't know, actually, because I am not an integral part of their on-field activity. If you know, if I'm asking, are the guys doing too many steps to walk up to the corporate lounge, the top-selling corporate lounge in the Premiership, hosted by my good self? No, because we've got lifts at the Rico Arena, and they're very quick lifts, and we've also got escalators. But in terms of injuries, some are bad luck, some are probably, you know, it might be a player overtraining, playing too much. You know, we've all been there as players, haven't we, where you want to play at the weekend, so you say you're fit, and then you get injured. Or whatever. So I, I don't know is the answer. There's injuries that have been unlucky. You look at Thomas Young, um, who's had countless calf injuries. Do I think they're training too much? No. They've been unlucky with injuries. The squad's thinner this year, which means actually you can probably have to train less. But yeah, they're in a bad run of form and all you can do is fight through it. And, you know, fingers crossed that we can get two back-to-back wins now, one against Edinburgh at the Rico Arena on Saturday. And then the Christmas cracker. I think there's about 24,000 tickets been sold already at the Rico Arena for... Wasps against Jim's favourite team, Harlequins. Uh, and apparently, the Andy Good suite has uh, got over a 1,000 covers sold for it. So, um, winning. And finally, Colin Searle has tweeted in, the best and worst Christmas outfits at clubs. Do you reckon Colin Searle is related to Billy Searle, the fly half at Wasps? Maybe it's his dad. Maybe he's trying to get some intel on what they should go out in in Cov, Jim. You love a fancy dress? Oh, I love fancy dress. In Cov? Yeah. Best and worst. So, I can't think of the guys... Thinking of the Kovskins again, I don't know whether this is play on in the world that we live in. I'm going to say it anyway. Kovskin, before he got cushion tattooed on his arm, went out as Osama bin Laden. That's not play on, mate. You just can't do that. And he wanted to get so much in character, if that's the way that you want to talk about a terrorist, the way that he's talking about, that he's gone full army gear. And instead of putting face paint on, he's put brown boot polish on his face. That he was applying all through the evening as he got hot and sweaty to the point where he had to go to hospital and be put on an antihistamine drip because he'd taken allergic reaction. He'd taken it, an allergic reaction? Well, his eyes closed, so I presume he did. <laughs> both his eyes. And you banged him out? No, both his eyes are completely closed. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, that was one of the worst things I have ever seen in my life. He got a lot of um, attention, you should say. What was I dressed at that? I was a street fighter that night. I was Dow Sim, so I put um, a swimming cap on and I went as well. <laughs> right, shall we finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by Budgie Smuggler UK. Have you guys done your Christmas shopping yet? Oh, hell yeah. What'd you get the kids? Huh? Budgie Smugglers, of course. What'd you get the missus? Well, she can wear my Budgie Smugglers if she wants, or, in fact, she'll probably prefer the Budgie Smugglers. <laughs> what have you got, Goody? Well, I've got him a pair of Budgie Smugglers that he can shove another pair of Budgie Smugglers down the front. 
Right, well, it sounds like you're sorted then. And if you want to be as organised as Jim, just head to budgiesmugglerukcom and there's men's, women's and kids' gifts available. There's also a spicy selection of stocking fillers, Ooh. Christmas sweaters and our very own rugby pod custom smugglers as well. Ooh. It's a season to be smuggling. And if you enter the code pod, 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 pod. you'll get free shipping as well. Well, talking about the budgie smugglers and the rugby pod budgie smugglers, did you see uh, what went round on social media last week? Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Zach Holmes. Zach Holmes' missus has bought him the rugby pod budgie smugglers with my body on Jim on Jim's head. I'm sure they'll look good on him, to be fair. Mm. Good man. Very yeah. good player, actually. Bit of a horse boot, I think. In the <laughs> horse uh, boot. Horse boot. Camel oh, toe. Sorry, oh, camel sorry, toe. Sorry, not, sorry. Just wrong one. Uh, let's start with the good then. Uh, plenty of good as ever. Uh, we'll start off in the Champions Cup with Exeter and Stuart Hogg, especially uh, their win and his stardust. He needs some of Jim's magic hair dust at some point uh, up at sale. Uh, three from three. Hoggy was outstanding. Exeter in control of that pool now. Uh, Rassing. More Finn Russell magic with kicks galore, little grubber kicks to slide things through. They were pretty dominant over in Swansea against the Ospreys. Uh, what else was good? Claremont over. Let's get the French in there absolutely spanking Bath the French don't travel well uh, but in the mud under the lights on Friday night at Bath the second half performance was dominant especially the last 15 minutes uh, and they've unearthed a Spanish legend or just a Spanish teenager uh, Eziala on debut scored a couple Moala was a beast um, but yeah Eziala could be Spain's next big well, I'm sure he's probably going to play for France on the residency rule but um, he was born in Barcelona I believe uh, what else was good this weekend? Ulster and ba- basically Belfast. My trip to Belfast was unbelievable. Uh, Cooney with the massive kahunas to nail that big kick at the end to win it. McCloskey had a big game, uh, big yards, big carries. He's a big man, uh, but Cooney says he's got a big bush as well. So um, hopefully he can get that sorted. But they were great. What else was good? Here's one for you. Leinster, surprisingly. Seven tries at the Gardens. They had it all. Power and attacking intent. Uh, they're favourites now, I think, to win it. They were clinical. Van der Fleer was immense. Was uh, class, James yeah. Lowe was quality as well. Uh, Ring Rose was awesome, as was Lama. Can't uh, wait and to- Dev Toner. Dev Toner played exceptionally well. Can't wait to see and commentate on those boys this weekend. Uh, what else was good? South African rugby. Top of the world in 15s. World champions. They also won the first sevens tournament in Dubai. What a country. So they're not only are they the best in the world at the minute at 15s, but they're also the best in the world at sevens. What else was good this week? Everyone hear about Samson Maasi? No. Uh, so England and Saints under 20s hooker were supposed to go to the 20s World Cup in the summer. Had to pull out for yes. um, Unbelievable health story. reasons. Um, anyway, they worked out he had a kidney issue, which has led to his dad, uh, Tongan international Vili Maasi, the hooker, He's donated his kidney to him, uh, obviously a match, and he's on the road to recovery now. So that's a, a really touching story. Obviously, they've he played over here. He played London Welsh, Leeds, I think, Amp Hill, Cornish Pirates. His dad did, so they've obviously settled here and his son's playing uh, for Saints in England under 20s. Um, so a really nice touching story. But that's not the good. Oh. I'm taking over the good this week because the good goes to his good self. What? Oh. Yes. Uh, there was a bit of social media interaction, which is how Andrew Good lives his life. And we spoke about redemption and the road to redemption and becoming a better man and a better husband and a better life. Mm. You're on the road to doing that. Thanks, so, James. A couple of weeks ago, we saw you play um, in the game to raise money for the police association for, and for 
police officers' families uh, that have been affected by injuries. Cops, care of police survivors. There you go. You said it and you did a fantastic job. But this week, again, a lady reached out on social media. We know that you commentated on the Ulster Quinns game and a lady called Joe Donnelly, who is a big fan of rugby and big fan of the podcast and enjoyed many a game with her partner, who she unfortunately lost last week after a long illness. And she reached out on social media and said she would like to see the game. And you managed to find her a couple of tickets, I'm yeah. right saying. Yeah, we did. For the game, um, which I thought was a very good thing to do. So I've taken over the good of the week and the good of the week goes to Andy. Good. Oh, thank oh, you, that's, James. That's, that's so kind of you. You're still looking flamed, but I mean, it's um, <laughs> it's Christmas, so I'll let you off. Uh, thanks, James. That's very nice of you. It's okay. And also, uh, props to Darren Cave as well, because he helped me get the tickets. So, um, yes, there we go. Uh, the bad. Uh, a fair bit of bad, actually. Um, and we'll talk about, we mentioned Claremont. They spanked Bath. Bath in the bad again. Spanked 34-17 at home. Not really what you want in Europe. How have you got a pitch like that when you've got such good players in the backs? Well, it's within the floodplain, isn't it, of the river, but they haven't, don't own their stadium. Crazy. All that this. stuff. But yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But it is wet, muddy and horrible at the minute down there. Uh, we'll put Quinns in the bad. Oh, all right. They play quite well, but losing a nine-point lead with 15 minutes to go and then Thavon Barty, oh, my penalty. That was a Jim Hamilton special right there. I've never given away a pen like that. Never? Never. All right, I'm going to go through the archives. I bet you Please, are. please do. I bet I know you used to miss the tackles, didn't you? Sorry. Well, that's fine, but that's unintentional. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, giving up a nine-point lead and Thavon Barty's tackle, that deserves a mention in the bad. Uh, what else? Saints, 43-16. We've waxed lyrical about them, but they were taken apart by Leinster at home. Uh, never good to suffer a big loss like that at home. Talking about big losses at home. Uh, Ospreys uh, lost 40 points to 19. They're still involved in the bad. They don't get the bad this week. I'm going to mention a French team, but I'm not going to give it to a French team. Agen got absolutely spanked at home. 73-3 against Bordeaux in the Challenge Cup. Who takes 70 at home, Jim? Didn't see it. Didn't see it. I didn't see it either, but I saw the result. Losing 73-3 at home. I mean, how bad? Uh, another for the bad, uh, Ross Moriarty and his illness. Um, unfortunately, he has lost a stone uh, since he picked up a virus in Japan. Um, now, I don't want to make light of it, but Ross, if you want to come and visit me, um, I'll take the illness off you because I could do with losing a stone. Uh, but it's never nice for a rugby player to be in that position where you've lost a stone and when you're a big ball carrier and you want to be fit and firing. Uh, so hopefully uh, he can get back to full health and we'll see him back over the Christmas period playing for the Dragons. But the bad this week... We're going to the world of the sevens. What, what? What? Fiji, the defending World Series champions. The Fiji sevens team, they didn't make the quarterfinals in Dubai. First time it's ever happened in 21 years that the Fijians haven't made the quarterfinals of a World Series event. Yeah, but it's good that they've always made the sevens. But they didn't make it this week, so that's okay. why they're in the bad. Uh, so that's bad. And Fijian sevens, you get the bad this week, unfortunately. Um, then the ugly. The two bits of ugly this week. Um, and we're going to start off in Munster. Arno Botha with his forearm smash to the throat, neck area of Tompkins. That looked pretty ugly and nearly cost uh, Munster the victory. It didn't because they couldn't win the line out, Saracens. But the ugly this week goes to Dan Evans and his kung fu kick on Teddy Toma after just 20 seconds. That has meant he was sent off earlier than anyone else in the history of European rugby. So the ugly this week, unfortunately, goes to Dan Evans. Thanks, Scooty. And you've got a shout-out to finish off, haven't you, Jim? Yeah, I've got a big shout-out to Tom Curtis, or Ginge, as he's known to everyone at his old 
Elizabethians, how do you say it, Gordy? Elizabethians. There you go. Uh, rugby club in Bristol's. He sadly suffered a stroke recently and he's in hospital at the moment. So get well soon and all your teammates are looking forward to you getting out of hospital as are me and Goody and Andy Rowe. You talk about things like that. I put that thing up on Instagram last week, didn't I? I had the message and I, I, I covered up the guy's name. We do, it's generally nice to hear that we make a difference in people's lives and, you know, whether they're going through illness, whether they're going through mental health issues, whether they're loving life and they just love the pod. We do this, don't we, to put smiles on our faces, people's faces, have a bit of a laugh, take the piss out of each other, have fun and chat a bit of ruggers. So uh, always nice to hear some of the messages that we're making a difference in people's lives. I love you all. Thanks, Gertie. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the Ropey Pod. Ropey Pod. Pod, pod, pod. (laughs) 